Hey there, my name is Kathy, and welcome to my podcast, That Chronic Thing. I'm here to share my experiences living with chronic illness, including ME-CFS and MS, and offer support and advice for dealing with similar struggles. This show is a resource for anyone looking for support, advice, and a sense of community as they navigate life with chronic illness. I know firsthand how hard it can be to adapt to a new way of life, managing symptoms, finding a new rhythm, and doing this all while you're going to a gazillion doctor's visits. But through my own struggles, I've learned to find joy and laughter along the way, and I really hope you can do the same. So join me and other chronic illness warriors as we tackle the ups and downs of living with chronic illness together. Hey everyone, today we have Christine Eckert joining us. She's a host of the Chronicon Book Club. She has a blog and a book club called the Gilmore Book Club, and she focuses on how books can help others transform their lives. We also talk about TV and movies and how media can help support those with chronic illnesses. Whether you read a page, listen to an audiobook, or watch a movie, you have the opportunity to make connections and maybe even develop magic powers. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Christine Eckert. I am the host of the Chronicon Book Club, and that's actually how I came to know Kathy. On Instagram, I also have an account called The Real Housewives of Chronic Illness, showing the real experience of having multiple chronic illnesses. And I also run a blog called The Gilmore Book Club, and that is based off of Gilmore Girls and reading all of those books. And really using books to help people transform their lives. And that's my big thing and my favorite thing and what led me to Chronicon also. So I'm all about the books. All about the books. Have you always been a huge reader or did it like come to you as an adult? No, I've always been a huge reader. I was the kid in like middle school reading Shakespeare. (laughs) That was me. So you weren't reading Babysitter's Club. You were reading Shakespeare is what you're saying? Yeah. I had like a modern version of Shakespeare and I did read other things that were sort of my age. I just had really vast interests. Um, (laughs) And I also had like a group of books that talked about princesses from other countries. And so like in my mind, I wanted to travel there and go see those things. And kids were like playing tag on the playground. And I was like, I want to go to Versailles. Um, <laughs> that's awesome though. That's really cool. <laughs> that was that good. So yeah, it's always been me to be reading, but through the years it's meant different things to me. And I've also had to adjust to being who I am with a condition, whether it's brain fog, whether it's some of these books are really huge and I physically cannot hold them in my hands, right? They're too heavy or too painful for me to actually hold. And that's when audiobooks are great. Um, some of my new symptoms are like audiovisual. And so my eyes hurt really bad and I like physically can't open them to read. So audiobooks. So it's also a process of like trying to figure out what your body needs that day and how you can do it, whether it's just, I read a page you still read 
that was a lot of information for your brain. And, you know, or if it was an audio book, I still think, you know, movies are a big part of books. We get so many books, uh, movies and TV shows from books. Yes, they're not completely the experience and may not be true to the story. Sometimes like watching the movie first or the TV show before reading the book can like help you make connections because your brain's already done half the work of watching that movie. So it's been a journey. I love you to say because a lot of people are kind of anti-movie or anti-TV show. They don't like one or the other. They're they're usually much more into the book. They're like, only read the book. Don't watch the movie. Don't watch the TV show. Yeah. I mostly favor the books, um, but it is really difficult to put everything that the book has into a TV show or a movie. Um, And I think being able to see and hear and take in everything that you don't get with a book um, can sometimes be an important part of the experience. And I watch some movies as much as I read the same books, like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings or something. Um, so I think they're, you know, mutually compatible in some ways. That's really sweet. And you also, is it a blog or a book club or is it both? Both. I call it a book club. Um, so it's called the Gilmore book club. And it was based off of Gilmore Girls. And there's a list of 350 books that they mention in the show. So tons of people are going through this list and reading everything. And that's where a lot of my reading comes from. And so I write about my personal experience uh, reading some of these books on the blog and share that on Instagram. So they mention everything from like Beowulf is from that list. They also mentioned Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings. Um, there are a decent amount of kids' books, like Pinocchio and Pippi Longstocking. Okay. So some things that you kind of can get through pretty quickly, which is nice. Um, and it's across the board in genre, which I really like because it pushes me to read some things I probably wouldn't. And then once I read the book... Um, I write about my experience and what really resonated with me. And it's actually kind of the foundation of how I run our Chronicon book club of letting everybody go first that I normally don't lead with questions Mm -hmm. that I let you all bring up whatever really resonated with you because that's like, I had my experience with the book, but I want you to have yours. And mm-hmm. what is it about your experience that is really sticking with you? So that's what I write about on the blog. And it's everything from like relationships um, with Pride and Prejudice to I wrote about um, how having a chronic illness gave me magical powers with Harry Potter that you can now see invisible things um, like invisible illnesses or symptoms that you can tell you know, kind of how people might have them. So it's been a really incredible journey. And it's helped me more about like the invisible illness stuff. That's such a cool, yeah, uh, like way to look at things. Yeah. So have you read Harry Potter up to the, the like the fourth one? Um, I the read Harry Potter, like at least the first book, 
when I was younger. And then I started getting scared, which I know is silly, but maybe it was my imagination scaring me. I don't know. There was someone who's like started turning into a rat. Yeah. Something. I didn't like that. Yeah. He's a creepy Uh, guy. I mean, I was totally in high school when these came out. So I really don't have an excuse for being scared, but um, I think it just wasn't my jam. Yeah. That's that's understandable. So in the fourth book, they have this teacher who has a magical eye and that eye can like roll back into his head and he can see out the back of his head. Okay. I mean, he's not as scary. Like what's going on there? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a very imposing guy. And people are very unsure of him in the beginning, um, understandably so. But he can see, like, out the back of his head. Um, he can see through invisibility cloaks. So he knows when Harry's, like, sneaking around the castle uh-huh. invisible. And he can see that every single time. And it reminded me of trying to describe how I felt with my cousins when they were really little we have a big age gap between me and my cousins and they would always like want to go play or throw the football or run around and I was like I cannot you know I'm trying to stay in this chair like I cannot run around I cannot throw the football and it's really difficult to discuss those kinds of things with children when they don't have experience of that and going through it I wasn't even sure how to put that into words So when I reread Harry Potter for this list, I started looking at this character of Mad-Eye Moody and what he can see. And, you know, saying that, like, there are things that people have that are invisible. You think you see them in other ways. Like, if I'm not moving, it may look like I'm a party pooper. But really, I just don't have the strength to move. And having a chronic illness has not only allowed me to see that in me, but in other people. So if somebody is walking down the street in a slow manner, for any New Yorker, that might be aggravating because we walk fast. (laughs) But with my new magical powers, I can see that there might be something more to the story there. Whether it's they've had a rough day, whether it's they have some, some sort of illness, Maybe there's something emotional going on. All of the things that you can't physically see in a person, you're still seeing the traces of that. You just have to sort of train your mind and your eyes to see those things. And they're invisible to a lot of people. There are things we do every day that can be interpreted as one way. But for anybody with a chronic illness, you're really just seeing a symptom. And you're not seeing that person. And so having this sort of like magical eye, if you could put in a magical eye, what could you see in other people that is initially invisible? You're making me emotional. Like, oh, it's, it's really um, a magical, beautiful, like that you read something and it resonated with you in a way that you could think about your childhood, but also like just apply it to the world around you. Um, And I think I have done that like in other ways, maybe not from books, Mm -hmm. Um, just, you know, 
walking around, I now look at the world that way, but to be able to draw it from a book and be like, it gives you a whole new experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, that's really cool. I really Thank like you. that. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of people with various chronic illnesses because they've had this experience, they can now sort of quote unquote, see these other things that were not visible before, whether it's, you know, like a magical eye or a third eye or an instinct or something. I have found a lot of chronic illness people have that and can sort of see past this dimension that we're in to recognize other things in people. And I have seen everybody in Chronicon do that, whether it's in book club or in something else. Um, So it's like an extra layer of perceptiveness that, you know, is a little silver lining of something good coming from something really terrible. That's so well said. Um, yeah, I've, I've noticed a lot of like little silver linings and I, I hate admitting they're there because I don't to acknowledge that anything good could come from this. You know, I have Mm -hmm. MS and I have ME-CFS and, you know, all of us, we, we're kind of stuck with these conditions that have no cure and some of them are degenerative as well. And, and it's hard to be like anything good can come from it. But the truth is it really transforms the way we look at life. Uh Um, And, uh, and we also make friends because of it. We make these connections. Um, You were saying you were a child talking with your cousin. So does that mean you've had your conditions since you were a kid? Yeah, my symptoms started when I was 13. Um, I went through several diagnoses before it's now fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue. Oh, so you're with um, me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. I I know that. I know the symptoms. Um, and recently, recently got some new symptoms. And that's where the chronic fatigue diagnosis came from that I didn't have since I was young. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've been sick since late middle school. Wow. I can't mm-hmm. imagine going through my like adolescence with that. I'm so sorry. Cause you. you know, for me, it only appeared in my mid thirties. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's such a dramatic difference, I think. Yeah. Um, depending upon where these illnesses hit you. Mm-hmm. I could see how books, For sure. you know, really came into your life and supported you through that. Yeah, they really did. Because that was the only place in my mind, in my imagination, that I could do whatever I wanted that I wasn't sick or maybe I was still sick, but I could still dance or sing or something that I couldn't physically do. Um, so I think in all of the arts really were my refuge. I watch a ton, a ton of TV and a ton of movies. And I'm currently expanding my blog to have reading lists for other TV shows. Oh, yay. Now that, that I, I can Yes, do. yes. <laughs> okay, great. Um, so I have the office up there. Um, I'm working on Gossip Girl right now. Um, I'm planning to do some other ones and like some new ones, like the white Lotus, they mentioned a lot of books. So I thought I would throw in 
a new one. Oh, that's, um, that's because, cool. I didn't even pick up yeah. on the fact that they were mentioning books. Like your brain does so it, many. mine just completely omits it. Yeah. And it's something like, it, even if they don't mention it by title, there's like a quote that you wouldn't know if you hadn't read the book. So it's uh, okay, difficult cool. to kind of pick everything apart. And I may not get all of the books. Um, but it's another way to kind of take your favorite TV shows to the next level. And like, now you know what they're talking about and what these characters are referencing. Um, and it all stemmed from, you know, I lie in bed and watch a lot of TV when I'm sick. And, you know, that's my comfort place. And that's sometimes all I can do. I watch so much TV. Um, it's It's something that my brain just really allows me to do. And it doesn't, Mm -hmm. uh, luckily it doesn't cause my migraine attacks. Um, although I have them, like a lot of people, like the stimulation causes like the migraine attack for me, like the TV is just excellent company. Mm -hmm. And, um, I have all the streaming channels, like I just, I need it. I need the TV company because like I'm on the couch or I'm in bed all day. Mm-hmm. Um, and this morning was very important because I watched last night's three hour finale of the bachelor. Oh. So that is my show. So you have the real housewives. Yeah. I have the bachelor and it wasn't nearly as dramatic as they promised, but that's what they always say is the most. I dramatic. mean, three hours feels pretty dramatic. That's <laughs> they, they long. Stretch it out. My goodness. And now I get to wait, what is it, like two or three months for The Bachelorette. Mm -hmm. In the meantime, I'm just filling the gap with all my other like streamed shows. Yeah. Um, But yeah, if they're ever quoting any books, it's like goes completely over my head. Yeah. I I doubt that's happening in The Bachelor. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know that they're doing other shows. (laughs) (laughs) And honestly, probably not that much in The Real Housewives. That came from just because it sounded good with the name. But when I was really, really sick. Um, in high school, that was my mom's comfort show. She watched all the real housewives and I watched a lot of it too. Um, but I didn't have a TV in my room. So I was probably like reading or just sleeping or something like she would shut her mind off and watch the real housewives. And I think, Mm -hmm. you know, my dad hates, hates (laughs) all (laughs) the real shows, like won't watch them, um, when we're all together, but you know, whether it's like good TV or not, like it still helped you in some way. It was an escape. It was, you know, a distraction. It was something. So, you know, I believe that those have their space and it may sometimes feel like all I do is sit around, lie around and watch TV and movies and can't get out and do all the things that other people do. And you know, these fake people on TV or my world, but it does, you know, give you some comfort. And I think there's validity in that. It's my companion in a way. Yeah. I, I'm not working and uh, that is heartbreaking for me. And so I, I think the TV fills a gap in that way too. Like, Mm. I I have something going on all the time with my TV, at least, you know, keeping me 
company. Yeah. Because it's a long day. It's a long day not doing anything. Mm-hmm. I don't have the capacity to work, but I have the capacity mm-hmm. to watch the TV. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also, it is a community in a way, not just with the people on the screen, but there are a ton of viewers who watch the same things. You know, there are a ton of Bachelor, Bachelorette fans. Oh, right. My sister is one of them. Like, you know, you're in that group of everybody watching and loneliness is one of the biggest things that accompanies a chronic illness for one reason or another. And to have any sort of community, whether it's on TV or not, is really important because the amount of time you spend in pain for someone else to physically be there for you, like a member of your family or a friend all the time, every time when you're in pain, that's almost unimaginable for somebody. It's all the time. be there 24-7. But you can call up your friends on The Bachelor or whatever, and they will be there for you every time. Mm-hmm. And I got my memes and everything to keep me company. It's like, oh, they're thinking the exact same thing I am. You know, uh-huh, like, oh, they, uh-huh. they heard that too. Oh, you know, yeah. and it's like, um, I got a community in that way. Do you have... Um, do you, do you want people to like find you on Instagram and like follow you and w- where can they see your blog and stuff like that? Yes. The blog is gilmorebookclub.com and the Instagram is the same. It's just Gilmore Book Club. But I am also on Instagram on Real Housewives of Chronic Illness. And then the book club that we've discussed is on Chronicon and that's both the website and now an app that you can join. Awesome. And I will include all that in the show notes so you can find it easily and click it and follow. Well, this was so much fun. I'm so glad we got to do this and chat. Awesome. Okay, cool. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you everyone for joining us today. We've had a wonderful time hanging out with you. I hope you maybe open a book or watch some TV today and become part of the magical communities that enjoy this media. Until next time, I hope you have a low symptom or even no symptom week. Talk to you soon.